Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Angle Podcast. It's your girl, Melissa. I'm so excited that you're here joining me for another episode. And this week, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Maggie Jordan. She is the founder of Lair. Lair is a social media network and community for Women Plus, um, all about gaming. And it's really interesting to hear about how Maggie um, first got the idea to create this app. In addition, what inspired her love of gaming. And I think that there's some cool principles that will inspire people to create what they wanna see in the world. If there is an opportunity in the market, if there's something that you feel like would benefit other people and it doesn't exist, to have the bravery and the courage to do it is really inspiring. So it's an awesome episode. Let's get into it with Maggie. It's Melissa. I'm so glad you're here for another episode of the Social Angle podcast. So we're going to be talking about cultivating community on social media. And I am joined by a former professor of mine from Temple University, Dr. Maggie Jordan. And we're going to get into a current really cool project that she's working on that I can't wait for her to give more details about. But firstly, before I burn a hole in your ear, Maggie, how are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk about all of this with you. Yeah, me too. I'm so when when I reached out and we started to do like our talk about pre questions and stuff. I'm like, this is so cool. I can't wait to dive into it. So for our audience, so they can get to learn a little bit more about you. Can you tell me a little bit more about like where you grew up and a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm from a little town called Waverly Township, Pennsylvania, Okay. which is about two, two and a half hours north of Philadelphia Okay. and just a little bit outside of Scranton. So where I grew up was, I wouldn't call it exactly farm country, but I did grow up on a a small farm. So uh, we had horses and all sorts of animals. My sister is actually still in the horse business today. So my husband always cracks up because I met him in Manhattan. And one time I actually brought him home and I was helping my sister, you know, help a horse give birth. And he was like, what is happening right now? So I kind of have this interesting city mouse, country mouse thing going on where I come from, like more of a rural area, but I've spent a lot of time in the city. That's awesome. I mean, you know, and that's a handy skill to have. You just never know. You You never know. (laughs) You never know. You know, walking down the street. (laughs) Exactly. You're there to give a pair of hands where it's needed, but you have such an awesome career. I was looking at your LinkedIn and I already knew like when I had worked with you through school, I was like, wow, you know, she has a lot of really awesome, um, projects and also positions on her resume and your credentials. So like you seem to always come back to entertainment. What is it about this industry that just is where your heart is? Yeah, it's, yeah, my background has been kind of strange and everyone always asks me because 50% of it was in entertainment and 50% of it was in healthcare. And you really can't get two industries that are much different from each other, except for maybe finance or insurance. Um, But I always end up coming back to entertainment because the part that I love so much about it is I just love bringing amazing experiences to people. When you provide an experience to someone and it lights up their eyes, or as they would say, like, you know, it takes their breath away and they're like, wow, and you contributed to that. That's just so meaningful for me. I think the most recent example of that 
is that I introduced the uh, Oculus VR to one of my friends and he tried it and immediately went out and got one because he was so amazed by it. And just the fact that I could introduce him to something that could bring that much joy to his life. I, I just found that so fun. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people gravitate, like no matter what the industry is to marketing is that experience, you know, and that like you invoking that emotion in another person through like a tangible product or like service. So I love that. And I haven't tried it yet. Like, are you obsessed with ocular like VR? Like what are some of the cool things? Oh, with it? it's <laughs> so fun. It is so <laughs> fun. Yeah. And I was going to say if we, after COVID or something, we should do a socially distant, I'll share it with you. It's amazing. I share it with everyone that'll, that will like, take me up on my offer. But for example, one of the most popular games right now, or, you know, over the last couple of years has been called Beat Saber, which you actually physically feel like you're in the space and you have two lightsabers and there are boxes flying at you and you have to slash them with the lightsaber. And so you feel like a full on Jedi. It's so much fun. <laughs> yes, I think I know what you're talking about. I saw a commercial for that. That's so funny. Like literally like a week ago and this girl, like you could see like on the screen and stuff like that, like she was chopping mm -hmm. stuff with her sabers. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I wonder what's going to be next, you know, like in the gaming industry, because I just feel like some of the stuff that has come out now compared to when me and my brother were a kid like I remember having to blow into the Sega cartridge because <laughs> it like, I remember those days yep you know and like jam it back in you'd be on like the final 12th level of Sonic and be like oh it's frozen but now it's like full like VR like it's just it's so so neat so before we get into Lair which I'm really excited to dive into I want to know like what inspired your love of gaming? Like, was there a singular experience? Has it just been something that collectively over your life you seem to always come back to? I would say I started very early with gaming and actually computers in general. So okay. I was very fortunate that uh, we had a computer when I was younger. Now it was one of, it was a very old computer. So we're talking, you know, the really big floppy disks, DOS, there was, Windows wasn't even a thing yet. So I remember back then I was playing games like Zork where you're typing in, go north, walk west, you know, things like that. And there was, you know, all sorts of really basic games. And it was really funny because there was actually a monitor test that you would type in to run a monitor test and would just flash colors just to make sure your monitor was working. Mm -hmm. And I would play it like a game. And my brother would always make fun of me and say, that's not a game. That's actually just a test. And I thought it was fun because it looked like, <laughs> you know, a bunch of colors. So I started really young. I, you know, went from the DOS-based games to Atari, to Nintendo, to Super Nintendo, and just kind of go on and on and on. And yeah, I, I always had a love of games ever since I was a kid. So it's, um, I wouldn't say it was one particular magical moment, but I think I was always kind of born for it. And then over time, you know, I just started loving electronics and technology. I started getting into, you know, you know building computers and hardware and, you know, kept doing that all through college. I worked help desk at AOL for a long time. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> wow. Okay. So you've just basically like been building up to this moment, but that's so cool. I always love to hear that about like people's careers. So when it comes to Lair, can you kind of give me like an overview of like maybe idea to where you are now and what sparked you wanting to like go on this awesome adventure in your career and create your own social network? Yeah. So it was interesting because you know, to start, again, starting really young, I actually started my first business when I was 10 years old. Okay. I was making these, 
these yarn balls for people in my, in my class. And I was charging like a quarter and a nickel. So I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. And it's interesting because I've always wanted to start my own thing and I've done consulting and, you know, done things, you know, on my own, but I never really had that idea that really would keep you up at night and really drive, you know, your passion. And so, you know, over the years, I was just, you know, constantly chasing this idea and just, and I, you know, I know we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but uh, a couple of years ago, I joined the chief network, which is a women's executive network. And, you know, I ended up joining a subgroup uh, called my own thing, which is like a startup group. And it really kind of opened up my mind. And I started thinking like, wow, as a gamer and as a woman, I don't really have anything very specific to me. The gaming industry has been traditionally driven by males, you know, male-led, male customers, you know, everything was kind of designed for them. And it's interesting because the statistics show that 41% in 2020, 41% of gamers are women. And with such a large portion of gamers being women, it blows my mind that more hasn't been done specifically for women in that space. So that's really when I started going down this path. And then I started to expand it as well because, you know, you know, inclusivity is so important. So Lair is, you know, what we're calling Lair is it's the women plus gamers community. So women, non-binary, people who identify as women, trans, you know, we really are looking to create a community that's open to, you know, these underrepresented groups in the gaming space. So if you really love to game, we're going to be the place for you to come. I love that. So what do you envision for kind of the, I should say the structure for this social app? Because I know that you said that there was three different tiers, right? There was going to be content, there was going to be the community aspect, like how are you envisioning that uh, infrastructure for your, your audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is uh, bringing community and content together. I would say some of the biggest pieces that are going to be most notable about our platform is going to be number one is we really want to make sure that we're focusing on acceptance because okay. it, it breaks my heart. The stories that I see through my social networks, as well as a lot of the research that we've done is the lack of acceptance and even downright hostility toward women and, and other groups. When I say women plus, I, I'm, you know, that's why we call it women, women plus is it's, right. you know, women plus more is there's just some of the comments happening. It's it's just really unfortunate. So our first priority is to make sure that we're fostering a very accepting platform. So what that means is that we're going to be putting a very authentic moderation layer onto this. So it's not gonna be something like, you know, what people call Facebook jail, where all of a sudden you disappear and no one knows where you went and you realize, oh geez, (laughs) you know, something went wrong. It's more around, you know, you know, really putting a face on it, you know, having actual people in the community watching these, you know, these, these discussions and things like that and being like, Hey, we all want to have a positive experience here. And we want to make sure that people feel safe and accepted. And so we really want to put a lot of tools in place so that we we foster that type of a feel. Um, The second piece of that too, which they all kind of tie together is the crazy thing is, is I, you know, I would say I'm, I'm a gamer, but I am a woman gamer. And over the years, I could count on one hand how many other women, women gamers I knew. And I actually ran into one a couple of weeks ago and I said, how many women gamers do you know? And she didn't really know any either. And I started asking, you know, people within the groups I know online and, you know, I don't know people, you know, personally, because everything's online, but not many people 
no other women gamers. I was like, where is everyone? Everyone's yeah. kind of hiding in all of these private groups. And it's because of all of this, you know, lack of acceptance and hostility out there that it's almost like women are kind of hiding in these private groups. And it's such a shame because the one thing I do know about women is that we love to connect with each other and we love to share things. So that's another big piece of the platform is making it safe, but then also giving a lot of different opportunities for us to be able to connect with each other, find people we want to play games with, or even chat with, or talk about different content, um, you know, and providing content that's very specific to, you know, women plus gamers. And then the final one is learning. And this one is so sad as well. I was actually speaking with a, a close friend of mine and she mentioned Lair to her, you know, her sons who are younger and their first reaction was women players suck. That was, that was their first reaction. And I was like, that is so unfortunate that that's the first reaction. And it's interesting because we started finding through the research that again, because of all of this lack of acceptance and, you know, the way the environment is, is that a lot of people are actually afraid to go in and actually be in these community areas and learn. So now we have this vicious cycle, right? We want to learn, we go in, we try to learn. Not only are we, you know, being, you know, pushed back on because of who we are, but also we're new at it. So we're noobs. So we have all this pressure and we get kind of scared away. So we never get better. And then, you know, it just kind of happens all over again. So we want to break that cycle. We want to make sure that, you know, people have a safe place to come and learn. Um, my real dream is that if someone can come to Lair, and that's why we actually came up with the name Lair, is it's the secret place where everyone can come, get strong, plot world domination, and then go off into the world and take over everything. So if I have one person who comes in, is able to learn a game and go back and, you know, play that game with their, you know, her kids and kick their butts. I've, I've, you know, I've succeeded. excited to see what the branding is going to be like for this as well. Like, do you have any loose concept or anything yet? Or you're still just <laughs> out the software and like making sure you check all the boxes for making this a really empowering, inclusive space. Yeah, we're actually, we're in the process of that right now. It's okay. interesting because it's, uh, you know, there's the one thing that I'm very sensitive to is the community, just as you were saying, and whether it comes to the branding or the platform, the great news is um, a couple of different things is number one, the people who founded Lair, myself and my, my co-founder, we are women gamers and we are, you know, we're executives that have been in the entertainment space. So we're kind of this nice combination of, you know, women and gaming and leadership. So we have the experience to be able to make something like this really successful. And the other great news is that we also come from a background of marketing and sales and business development, which one of the key factors is listening to your customers, listening to your community. And that's what we intend to do. And I think that there are, you know, there are a lot of platforms out there that, you know, are, are kind of missing the mark. It doesn't have quite the special sauce that we do. Yeah. And um, oftentimes you'll get a lot of feedback on different gaming platforms where they're just not listening to their customers. And it's such a shame because that's where, that's where you really have to focus your efforts because those are the people that are engaging with it every single day. Those are the people who are going to advocate for you and, you know, help you make everything better. And that's why if you, you know, we do have a brand preview website up right now that could change over time as we start to get a little bit deeper into the branding exercise. But, um, you know, one of the things we have on there is that you're on this journey with us. 
And admittedly, I only have one blog post up right now, but I'm writing another one this week. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's true. You know, I want, I want people to feel like they're on this journey as well. And as we're developing this, we're asking for feedback and, you know, hit us up on our social channels, send us an email. We will listen because that's, we're building it, not just for ourselves, but for everyone like us. I'm so excited for this to, you know, catch steam and be launched because I feel like honestly, like, again, that's what's missing is like these people in a community that you've created online, when you take that feedback, like you cement loyalty, you know what I mean? Like not Mm -hmm. only just by creating an environment where, you know, they feel accepted, but it also feels like they're not just a number, you know, like if there's Mm -hmm. ways that they feel like things can be improved that like you're thinking about them as a customer and like walking beside them through that customer journey, is just like so powerful. So I wanted to ask you when you joined Chief, um, what was it about that experience? Was it the social support? Was it the tools that they gave you? Was it a combination of both that really just made you say, you know what, I think I can do this. Like this is a heavy lift. This is a really ambitious goal, but it's worthwhile to pursue. Like I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say absolutely. It's it's interesting because when I joined Chief about a year and a half ago, was it a year and a half, about a year and a half ago, I knew that I had to do something. I was I was kind of going on what I call a professional walkabout. Um, I had been teaching. I left corporate to go back to teach full time to give that a try after I graduated from my doctorate, mm-hmm. and I decided that teaching full time wasn't exactly you know where I where I felt I needed to be. So I decided to come back to corporate. But I really needed to do it, you know, with something more along the lines of what I wanted to do in my future. And that was start something myself. And so when I saw Chief, uh, I think there was an article in the news about Chief. And I thought to myself, there was something that just nudged me and said, I need, this is where I need to be. So I ended up joining and I got to say, it's just a phenomenal group of women. It's, It's just amazing. And then again, something just nudged me back in January of this year to join this other subgroup. And it's almost like my, my brain, my heart, my soul said, it's time. It's, it's, it's time. It's your time now. And so I would say the whole chief journey, all of the different resources and the social support. And I will say the small group of women that are in this, this startup group group with me, they're so supportive and we're on a Slack channel together and everyone's messaging each other all the time. And like, how are things going and accountability and checking in and connecting people and Hey, this might be a good resource for you. And I will say it's so humbling. And I I don't honestly, like my heart is fluttering right now, even talking about it because it's just so special. It's, it's a really special thing. And to be able to launch something that is, uh, you know, women plus focused coming from a women's executive network, mm-hmm. I think makes me even prouder because it's something born from this women's executive network and it has kind of the same flavor. So it's makes me even more passionate about it. That's incredible. That's so awesome. And I'm glad that you found like, it sounds like, you know, another community where you're getting that support for what you're passionate about. Can I also Mm -hmm. ask, like, it sounds like for the infrastructure, you know, like what you want and what you want to accomplish, but what's like the grandest, highest vision? Like, is there a five year plan? Is there like a decade from now? Like what is your (laughs) ultimate vision of what you want Lair to be? Yeah. So, I mean, my grand vision is like I said, a really safe space for any person to come and to be able to engage in activities that they love. And so, you know, I would say that, you know, expansion, even beyond gaming, you know, media, entertainment, um, but really 
you know, I think a lot of the social platforms have gotten to this place where I don't really know a ton of people. If you say, Hey, do you love Facebook? People are like, yes, yes, I love Facebook or yes, I love Instagram or yes, I love, you know, you know, maybe, maybe Pinterest. I, I will say I, I'm like probably on Pinterest more than I should be. Can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> but a lot of them, it's it's more of a utility these days. It's because everyone else is there, and you know, there's a lot of frustrations with it. So, you know, I do have a, very, a lot of grand visions for it. Um, you know, but like I said, if I if I can even help a couple people come to the platform and really, you know, you know, help them get better at the games they want get to get better at, I think that's a win. Um, you know, or help them find people that are like them to be able to have these amazing conversations and feel more empowered the way I have felt over the past couple of years, chief helping me get the confidence to do something like this myself. If I can help someone do the same thing, I will be 100% happy. So, I mean, I have little secret dreams, like 10 year secret dreams, nothing necessarily I want to put out there, but (laughs) world domination does that. (laughs) I feel like every gamer that's their, that's their, you know, their end game is world domination. (laughs) That's awesome. How can somebody support you though? Like if they're interested in learning more about Lair and they want to support this really awesome effort that you're trying to bring forth to make a more inclusive community for female plus gamers what can they do to support? Yeah, I would say right now, so our brand preview site is lairent.com. So like lairentertainment.com. So you can go there. Like I said, we have some information about the platform. Um, We have a blog up, which I do to do another post. Uh, People can sign up for the email list. So obviously when we do, you know, early releases, we're going to be able to notify people. So signing up for the email list is a great help. Uh, It also has links to all of our social channels. So being able to follow us there. Um, it's all still really early. So, uh, anyone who's, who's getting involved, I will say, I'll kind of dangle this out there. We do have some pretty amazing things for people who get on board early. We haven't posted what those are yet, but I will say I'm even excited and might put my name on the list (laughs) (laughs) because we've got some really cool stuff coming up. All right. So now I have to subscribe. I got to subscribe so I can support and also like see all the cool stuff that you have in store for people. So I love it. (laughs) That's really awesome. Is there anything else that you think is important for people to know about Lair, about what you're trying to accomplish or, you know, again, another avenue that they can support you on outside of the ones you've mentioned? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that this is just, you know, what we're trying to do here is just another example of taking a look at how things are today and saying, how can we do things better? And that's something I've always kind of taken, you know, from my father and, you know, the way I was raised is my father always taught me patience and persistence. I think more persistence than patience, because I will even say I'm, I'm not always patient with myself, but, you know, having patience and persistence to ask that question, like, how can, how can we just keep pushing forward? And it might be slow progress, but the more you push forward, the more you get better, the more, you know, you ask questions and you just keep at it. You're just going to get to a better place. And that's why, you know, in Lair, not only are we trying to create this community for women plus gamers, but we're also trying to rethink everything. So perfect example is, you know, I know that advertising on social platforms is a challenge, not just for brands, but also for consumers or users or members or whatever, you know, term the social platform uses. Um, there are just better ways to do that. And I've got an amazing advisory board attached to the Lair project. I have an amazing co-founder. We have a lot of really amazing ideas. Sorry, I'm saying amazing a lot, but I'm so excited. 
Uh, we have great ideas around how we can rethink how advertising is done with social communities so that it's more, it's more meaningful mm-hmm. versus just, you know, sending ads out and hoping that it's going to hit the right people or, you know, you know, being creepy about using user data yeah. just to kind of get you at the right moment. And all of a sudden yeah. the same pair of shoes are following me around the internet. So <laughs> always my favorite, those like retargeting ads, just like when they think like, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to buy that. It shows up somewhere else. And oh yeah. Like, oh my gosh. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And especially like, hopefully other social media platforms will take cues from you because I think it's not just consumers, but like you said, also, I think brands and marketers as well as like the framework that has been put out. And I feel like popularized by Facebook, like it's what we know, like these mm-hmm. are tools and they are like, they are phenomenal tools. Like this could be a whole other episode about like data and things like that and how it's mm-hmm. everything. But I just feel like, you know, people want a more holistic experience with their marketing, you know, at least Mm -hmm. as consumers, I think. And sometimes it being so invasive, like it is, it's just kind of off-putting. And I think sometimes it turns people away from the community aspect that maybe isn't as much to the forefront now that people can make money off these platforms and things like that. But I think, you know, the fact that again, like you're being intentional about the whole, like every touch point for your consumer and the community that you're creating and making sure that you're not just going to add something in because other social social media networks have it. It's like, if we're going to integrate something in, that's a standard, like what's the big picture? How's it going to everything else? And I think that's so cool. So I always like to end with a fun question. So I wanted to know, like, what's your favorite, like old school game? Like, is there a favorite old school video game that you love or? Oh yeah. So I, uh, I know you you can't see me because this is audio, but I have my Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt on. I I play a bard. So I've got my bard t-shirt on because we have a gaming night tonight. So my favorite old school game is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I play every other week. Uh, with my group, but video game wise, I would say I'm probably impartial to Mario Brothers, um, either Super Mario One or Super Mario Three. <laughs> I would I go back and forth between one and three. One being the first Mario I've ever played. Okay. Um, but three, there's just something about the raccoon, and also the Tanu. I think it's the Tanuki suit in in Super Mario Three. That it's this amazing like raccoon suit. I think it's a raccoon suit. And, uh, but it's called the Tanuki suit. And when you press a button, you can turn to stone and it's the cutest thing. Go and Google an image of the Tanuki suit in Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> I actually have some pictures of it on my, on my mobile phone because I've taken screenshots of it when it, ha- when I use it, because yeah. it's just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> I literally thought you were going to be like, I found it on Etsy. Cause I feel like that's what it is. Like people have those moments and like games or movies or pop culture where they're like, this needs to be a real thing that I can wear. And I was going to be like, please let me know that you have a picture, Maggie. <laughs> like- I actually have a t-shirt with Mario in the Tanuki suit on the t-shirt. I'm not wearing it today, but I do have that t-shirt. Um, but I don't have a Tanuki suit of my own. Uh, but now that you said that, I'm going to have to go look. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe <laughs> that can be merged for your shop, like just side, you know, for the, <laughs> for later. 100%, I would love that. I would show up to an event in a Tanuki suit. Yes, I, that, I would not put yes. that past me. Yeah. Please, please. I need it, I need it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. I appreciate it and good luck with everything. This is incredible. I just like, I think what you're doing is so awesome. And I'm glad that you're putting this out into the world for people. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, Maggie. You too.